everyone, and welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've had the opportunity to actually sit down and, and record some podcast content and actually get it delivered to you. Sorry about that. It took us a little while to get all of our guest lists together on different themes, but now we have them. So we're moving forward with our, our weekly podcasts for you and for those maybe around you who might be struggling with a little bit of grief. And in some of these cases, we're not going to just focus on grief. We're also going to be talking about adversity in general, how to get through some of those things. We're going to reformat a few things. We've got uh, Pastor Jim Ford from the New Day Christian Center uh, here in Tanino, who will appear on the podcast monthly with uh, what we call a passionate pastor uh, segment where he talks about what the Bible says about certain uh, certain things like hope, adversity, inspiration, uh, grieving, all those sorts of different things. So he'll bring his wisdom, and he is a wise guy. Shout out to Pastor Jim and everything that, that uh, he brings to the table. Um, we are also going to do little segments. This is what uh, we're doing this week. We're going to introduce them. They're called Quick Hits. So these are not podcasts that will last 30 minutes, that will have a guest, that will have heavy content. These are little things that we hope can get you from day to day because that is the biggest thing that I have found in my time talking with uh, some of these families who are going through the grieving process. It is not that you conquer your grief day to day. It is that you live with your grief day to day, and you are just a new person walking in the world with this added element of grief. Today, we are going, one of our quick hits is going to be about leaving a legacy or building a legacy in this case, because uh, a lot of times we look at legacy as something that is accomplished over years by an individual, and when they pass, that legacy continues on. But of course, we uh, we serve different types of legacies here. We serve the legacy of the young, which you could look at and mistake as being incomplete or something that cannot be accomplished. And that, of course, is not the case. Anybody who has lost a child will tell you that they have a legacy that can live on. The difference between um, losing a child and losing someone who perhaps lived an entire life that can fill a legacy, the difference between those two is that it's on the people who, are, who have been left behind who now have to build that child's legacy on their behalf. This is not something that's impossible. And actually, in talking with a lot of our families, I would argue that this is not just not impossible. It is actually 100% necessary for you to be able to work through your grief day over day. So that's what quick hits are going to be about, about things like that, little subjects like that. They're not going to last very long, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. Depends on how long I go. This is a long-form podcast, so if you don't like it, you can hop back on, keep listening to Joe Rogan. It's not a problem. But anyway, today we're going to talk about building a legacy. And that can be complicated when the legacy you're building is of somebody whose life is, say, incomplete. Um, and if you will permit me, I would like to take a moment to read a small eulogy that I wrote on my Uncle Mike, who you could definitely not mistake as somebody whose time on earth was short. He passed away uh, near his 70th birthday. However, you could say that his life was incomplete. To give you a little bit of a history lesson on my uh, Uncle Mike, 
he uh, he grew up in uh, an impoverished portion of upstate New York. Uh, his family was not well off. Um, he joined the Navy or was drafted into the Navy in the late 60s and served in Vietnam, did two tours in Vietnam. Um, he witnessed some pretty rough things when he was over there and experienced some pretty rough treatment when he came home and resorted to a kind of drifting lifestyle, never really could hold down a job, drank a lot, uh, did, did, some, did some significant uh, drugs, and lived out his life um, kind of incomplete, finally succumbing to uh, an aortic tear uh, near his 70th birthday, living in his mother's old house. And you would look at that life and think to yourself, you know, what is this legacy? So I want to, if I can, read to you what I said about my Uncle Mike, um, who I had gotten to know because I, I, when I was in college, I was writing a paper uh, about the history of my family. And I got into the part where we were going to begin incorporating my father's side of the family. And we started talking about um, what happened to my Uncle Mike. And I began to set up interviews with my Uncle Mike before he died, where I asked him a lot of questions about that time in his life, Vietnam, his, his uh, subsequent alcoholism, his drug addiction, and, you know, sort of his life afterwards. And what I found amazing was some of the things that my Uncle Mike said to me, he never even said to my father, his brother. I remember relaying a few things, and my father would be dead silent. And I, I, I thought I had said something incorrect, or or he had, or my Uncle Mike had misremembered something, and my, my father was about to correct me. And I'd say, Dad, what's, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, that is that wrong? And my dad would say, no. Your Uncle Mike just never said anything like that to me. I didn't know that he went through that. And that, to me, is part of his legacy as we start to unravel it. You look at the fact that, you know, it was still meaningful for my father to find out those things about my Uncle Mike as well. So here's what I said in my eulogy to him like a few years ago. What makes a life complete? Is it one's ability to help people and make change in the world? Or the amount of people who show up for you in times of need? Is it the amount of stuff you collect and experiences you have before you go? Who really knows? The best way to describe my Uncle Mike was incomplete. Like a Polaroid picture that never quite came into focus, he never seemed to break free of his own demons. He grew up in a loving house, shuffled off to war far too young, and came home a scarred soul who never fully recovered. Like so many that came before him and so many after, the horrors of war left never left his side, and he carried them with him like an old tattered suitcase until the end. That's not to say he did not love, nor that he was not loved. His friends and family cared deeply for him and ached when he left. The afternoon I found out he finally passed from his battle with an aortic tear, I felt relief. I was sad to see him go, of course but happy he would finally feel what we all strive to feel, eternal peace. In the end, what really is a complete life? Maybe if we just live it, moment to moment, breath to breath, loving when we can and fighting when we must, we are met in the end by our Maker, who puts a period at the end of our sentence and makes us complete. Rest in peace, Uncle Mike. I pray you are complete now.
so that is uh, the eulogy that I wrote from Uncle Mike, short and sweet. Um, now, his is a little bit different, of course, right? His legacy is a little bit different because my Uncle Mike lived until he was 70. So he had plenty of time to impact people and touch people and talk to them and walk through life with them and, um, and create a legacy based on the gifts that he gave to the world. Now, he did not manage to accomplish many of these things, so his life is still incomplete. And that is the connective point between a person who dies close, closer to their 70s and a child who may die before their fifth birthday. At the end of the day, the thing that they have in common is the fact that their life is incomplete and it's left up to the rest of us who are here to complete that legacy. And so the biggest question becomes, can a short life still produce a legacy? And the answer to that is absolutely. In fact, it would be one of the greatest tragedies for it not to produce a legacy. So many legacies, so many amazing things have happened here on earth that were born out of pain, that were born from a spot where somebody didn't know where they were going to go next. Sometimes those moments create some of the most beautiful things in the world. Just because a life is cut short or incomplete or its potential wasn't reached doesn't mean it still can't have a legacy. It is essential for that person's memory, in fact, to create a legacy. Just look at the story of Rowan. Now, Rowan passed just shy, uh, just shy of her second birthday in an accident at her home, something that seemed so random and so unfair in the universe that it left her mother and father overwhelmed with grief for an extended period of time. Bryn has talked time and time again about those first months, that first year, those first couple years just being enveloped in a fog, in a haze, not able to navigate through any real conscious thought without thinking of Rowan and going down a dark, dark hole. In that time, however, during that time, she was able to use her friends, lean on them. She was able to lean on the few pieces of energy and strength she had left to create rays for Rowan. Rays for Rowan grew and grew and grew day after day after day. Bryn poured her blood, sweat, and tears into this organization, building it literally in the name of Rowan. And what happened? Fast forward eight years later, 2014, nearly eight years later. It was created in 2014. It's now 2022. Just fast forward in eight years at her sort of Putting with her blinders on, walking through it day after day after day, focusing on little things, distracting herself from the deep, dark feelings she was feeling, building this organization, using friends and family to come onto the board and help her get there. If you look at the eight years since her passing, more than 500 families have been helped since Race for Rowan was founded in 27 different states. There are nearly 40 families in Arizona that would not have received any assistance if Raise for Rowan weren't open, and Raise for Rowan wouldn't be open if Rowan hadn't passed. Now, of course, there's not a day that goes by. Let's not make any mistake about it. There's not a day that goes by that Bryn wouldn't want Rowan instead of having Raise for Rowan, right? I mean, that would be crazy. 
of course, if she could trade in this organization for even a day with Rowan, she would take it. And you would be insane not to feel that way. For those of you listening, remember that. It's okay to want to trade in the entire legacy you built for one more day with your angel. It would be inhuman not to want to feel that way. That is perfectly fine. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit, little bit about here as we navigate through ways to build a legacy. Because sometimes building it is actually a very daunting task. You look at it and you say, well, what could I possibly build? But this is a perfect segue into that first step. Here are a few steps to help you build a legacy. Step number one, allow yourself to be overwhelmed. Allow yourself to be overwhelmed with sadness. Allow yourself to be overwhelmed with anger. One of the things Pastor Jim always talked about that will always stick with me is that it's okay to be angry with God, with even God himself for your current circumstances. It's okay because he can take it. And I can tell you from personal experience in my prayer time, I have literally yelled and screamed at my God. I don't understand the plan. I can't understand what you're making me go through. Why is this happening? Why am I having these feelings? And I can tell you he can take it because he didn't stop talking to me. And it's the same here. Allow yourself to be overwhelmed. It would be crazy for people not to expect that. Of course you will be overwhelmed. This is something you strived your whole life to accomplish, to have a child, to raise that child, to leave your legacy on earth. So, of course, you're going to be overwhelmed. You poured all of your love into that child. It's okay. Be mad. Be, be overwhelmed. Be cripplingly sad. That's okay. And for those people, or if there are people around you that do not accept that, then they don't need to be there. You do not have to pretend to be okay. It is okay to not be okay. So that's step number one. Allow yourself to be overwhelmed. You can be overwhelmed. It is okay. Navigate through those feelings and let them stick as long as they have to. And here's the other thing. There will be days where as you get further out from the passing where it won't feel as bad, right? And you'll be able to start maybe navigating through the day, carrying that suitcase of of grief with you, and then it'll just overwhelm you. And that's okay too. This will be a lifelong healing process that will culminate only when you get to see your angel again. Number two, build a meaningful memorial. So that's something that I've heard from a lot of different families that I've talked about. Even if it's something that is small because you might not have a lot of money, just build something that becomes a meaningful memory. One of the things we help with here, of course, all the time are headstones. Uh, This is a a lovely way of making sure that your angel always has a place that you can visit to speak to them. You can bring your other kids there. Um, You can go there with your spouse and and be there together or go there with a significant other or a friend. Um, Headstones headstones and grave sites are an important way for us to naturally navigate through our feelings. Uh, You can create an altar or a shrine. To that particular angel in your home. It doesn't have to be something that takes up half of a room, but uh, anything that you can revisit and 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 look at and ponder anytime you are feeling 
uh, like you want to be connected. Uh, and then the other part is their room. So, I mean, there are lots of folks I know who have not touched the room since their child uh, passed away. People might think that's insane. That's not insane. That's not insane. Don't let them make you. Th- don't let them make you think that. That could be the way that you continue the feelings. Now, at a certain point, like even Bryn recognized with her other two, you do have to share your time between your angel, who you want to give 100% of your time to, and your other children, uh, who you don't give as much to. You will have to share time with them. But uh, having a room set aside or ta- or not touching their room is not something that's a violation, certainly not at the beginning. So you can do that as well. Third thing, and this is how the and this is how the legacy begins to get built. After you're able to get through the overwhelming parts, uh, the parts where all you think about all day is the fact that they're not here, that you have this hole in your heart, and that you have this emptiness in your home. Uh, once you're able to uh, to take that and still and live with that, and actually be able to navigate a little bit from day to day, start to think about what they were passionate about. So one of the things that Brad Tower, an angel father, uh, who's, who lost his three children in a fire, one of our very first folks that we helped, one of the things he talked about when I asked him, you know, that's a pretty heavy thing. How come you didn't just end it? His answer was really profound. His, his children, the way he thought of it was his children were supposed to build their legacy here on earth. And it was his job as the father to help them do that. And since they did not have the opportunity now to do that, it was his job to create their legacy for them. And uh, he went into exactly how he's doing it um, with, with his kids, but it's, it's a beautiful thing that is a lofty goal that who knows if he'll actually ever be able to actually accomplish, but he works at it every single day. Um, and so uh, it's something that um, he thought about a lot, like what were they passionate about, what did they, what did they like uh, I, I can also share with you the story of Ayanna Brown. She is a lovely mother who I met uh, in my previous profession, um, and I just got to know and found incredibly inspiring. You might have met her at the golf tournament that we put on. She actually has sponsors one of the holes there and tells the story of her son, Olajuwon. Beautiful young man. He was about 14 or 15 years old. I apologize, Anna, for not getting the exact age right if I didn't. But he was gunned down in his neighborhood, after uh, rival gang or after gang members mistaked him as a rival gang member and they and they shot him and they sadly killed him. Uh, she, through her grief, uh, opened Alajuan's Hands Foundation, which is an organization that helps uh, kids and families in her neighborhood, the tougher part of I believe it's Renton, um, to you know have school supplies and food for holidays and and different things like that. Um, This is something that she started because she knew that her son was deeply passionate about uh, the kids and friends that lived in his neighborhood. She knew that he cared very much for them, and she thought the best way to do this since he is passionate about helping his neighborhood is to continue helping his neighborhood officially in his name, and that's what she did. So you don't have to start a nonprofit, though. <laughs> you, nobody's expecting you to start a nonprofit to uh, to help um, to help spread the legacy of your of your child. The biggest thing you can do is think about what they are passionate about and try to do things in that arena. Um, if they were too young, think about what your passions are. 
and how you can incorporate uh, your angel's memory into those passions. You were going to you were going to share those passions with your angel anyway. And let's be honest, you were secretly rooting that your angel would like your passions anyway. So it's okay to 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 pursue your passions in their name, and it will make the process feel more virtuous and more connected. Finally, execute that passion. So set a goal. You don't have to build an organization, but if you want to, and you want to put in the work, you certainly can. There's been we've talked with about four or five different people on this podcast alone who've started their own organizations. I'm thinking of Little Sparrows. I'm thinking of Accidental Hope. I'm thinking of Ayanna Brown. Uh, the folks who created Behind the Badge Foundation for for families who have lost who have lost uh, cops in the line of duty. These were all started by grieving families. These were all started by people who were trying to figure out what the legacy of those that uh, that died wanted to leave them. So you can do that if you like. But if you don't want to go that far, you can just volunteer at an organization. Everybody knows an organization that they're passionate about. If, say, your child passed away uh, from domestic abuse, then maybe join an organization that helps fight domestic abuse. If they died in a drunk driving accident, perhaps join an organization that advocates uh, drunk driving laws, things like that. These are things you can do. Volunteer at the local food bank in their name. Whatever the passion is that you uh, thought about and and whatever passion found you, cultivate that passion. Building an organization or volunteering for one. And share the word. So one of the things you will find is that we have an angel mom uh, at our dinner and auction, her video will her video will play. It is for her lovely, sweet angel Anna, and she talks about um, Anna's life and 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 um, what she experienced through Anna's unfortunate overdose. And she talks about you know advocating for watching after your kids and 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 you know making sure the system is a little bit better and things like that. Share the word because that can help too. You know, there's no way anybody's ever going to know about the legacy of your angel if they never hear about your angel. So spread the word. Talk about them. Be proud of them. Don't be ashamed that they passed away. Be proud of them. I will say this. When all of that is happening, when you're building this legacy, there is a side rule that's very important, though. And that is take time for yourself and your family during this process. So as you pursue your volunteering at organizations or you're building an organization or you're writing a book or you're, or you're sharing the word or you're volunteering here and there and everywhere, one of the things that you have to remember is that sometimes you need time. And that is one thing I think that Bryn discovered in her time here at Raise for Rowan. I think she had gotten to a point for herself where sharing the story every day had become exhausting. It went from honoring a legacy to being something that it was very difficult for her to do. And so today she honors Rowan's legacy in completely different ways. She pours her life into her family. She honors Rowan in little ways every day. She still participates with Raise for Rowan. She still works here. She still volunteers. She still plans the events and things like that. But for her, honoring Rowan's legacy looks much different today than it did when she first started Raise for Rowan in her name. I will leave you with these final thoughts. Webster's defines legacy as, quote, something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor. That's it. That is as simple as it gets. 
A legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor. So at the end of the day, the legacy that you're building for your angel is just whatever you put out into the world that is virtuous and good in their name, full stop. Just remember that. Whatever energy you have today to dedicate to building a legacy, dedicate that energy. And if you run out and you're tired, then stop. Think about it again tomorrow. Don't overwhelm yourself. Nearly every family I've talked to about loss that is still standing, mind you, that's still working through it, has kept their sanity together by remembering that their angel is, number one, always with them no matter where they go. And number two, they remember to honor their legacy in little ways every day. So that's what I want to leave to you. Even though the time may have been short, even if it was just a blink of an eye, this person now existed in the world And it's your opportunity to do things good and beautiful and virtuous and give gifts to the world in their name so the world will remember who they are the way you remember them. So this is Philip Kerrigan. Thank you so much for listening to Ray's for Rowan's first version of the quick hit. It lasted a little bit longer than 15 to 20 minutes. I apologize, but I am a talker. So those sorts of things will happen. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Give you a little update on some uh, upcoming events. On April 23rd, our dinner and auction is happening. Uh, we did find out that we have capacity issues at the, at the venue. Uh, Little Creek, because of staffing issues, is not going to have the usual 450 to 500 folks in the building. So we are working on different alternatives for those who, might, who won't be able to make it. On May 20th, we have our golf tournament. That does not have staffing issues. We encourage all of you that couldn't make the dinner and auction to come to the golf tournament in person. We'll make room. We'll do it. Uh, and then on June 19th, there will also be a run for the standard a- annual run for Rowan. And we have a new fun and exciting event in, on September 17th. We'll go further into the details as we go, but it is the casino night on September 17th at the Lacey Community Center in Lacey. We'll talk more about that stuff later. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time today and, and, and being patient as we bring more of these out. This has been the quick hit on building a legacy. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.